I'm gonna show y'all a day in the life of a real nigga.
blacks didn't take kindly to me trying to bridge the races The Mexicans call me loco The guards all left me alone, no Chow was a no-go Kept getting pumped out of my cornbread and cocoa We'll keep that on the lodo Cause if I raise suspicion I'd go out just like the dodo Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of RNS Radio. My name is Nanski One. I am your host and I am here today with my brother, my close friend, man. I've known his brother for a long time. I'm so grateful to get a chance to sit down and talk with him. Vix, the preacher. What's up, baby? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what's cracking? What <laughs> Dude, man. What happened? We out here. We definitely out here, brother, man. How you been? How's everything? Man, I've been I've been excellent. You know, I've been blessed. For real, for sure. For sure, bro. Just counting my blessings, man. For real. Or I feel that, man. Um, yeah, same here, man. You know, like I know everything's a little topsy turvy right now, but I gotta be honest with you, man. I am I'm extremely centered, man. And um, you know, like everything is just everything's just cool. You know, I can't really complain. God is God is working in my life every day. So, you know. I feel like I feel like man every every day like something happens to me. You know, it's just like blessings after blessings after blessings. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. Yeah, man, but it's 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 um it's a good feeling, man, you know. And you know I, I told my homeboy this the other day and uh I'm not I'm not going to kickstart the spiritual aspect of the conversation so early, but I did want to kind of um say this. I told my homeboy the other day, man, it's like one thing that I'm extremely grateful for grateful for every day is not having the fear that comes from like, I mean, I feel like my, um, and you know, I don't talk in, wow. in great detail with uh, a lot of people about this, but I feel like my faith has allowed me a certain level of um, comfort in the middle of all this stuff. You know what I mean? That's deep. That's real deep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. I mean, I can't speak. I, I just can't say what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. I just know that I feel like everything's going to be all right. So, yeah. Uh, without further ado, man, let's uh, let's jump into this, man. So um, for those people who do tune in that may or may not know you, man, let's uh, just start off with, you know, who are you? Where are you from? What's up? Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Victor. You know, they call me Vix the Vapor. Um, you know, I'm I'm a um, B-boy. Um, I'm a rocker. You know, uh a hip hopper, um, 35 years old right now. So, you know, I came from, you know, growing up in that hip hop, that nineties boom bap era. Right. You know, that was really the foundation, you know, for me as a kid, you know, cool. growing up and, and, you know, I, I fell in love with breaking at a young age, you know? So, um, but yeah, I right, currently I, I represent uh, Mighty Zulu Kings. Word, what up, what up? And ready to rock. And also, um, my one of my latest projects is uh, BVDs. Okay, what's what's that about? I, I don't, uh, I haven't got too much info on that. Break that down for me. Well, BVDs is a is a rocking crew that basically uh, started with Papu Love in Coney Island and. Um, 
1980. So uh, just connected with the OG. You know what I mean? I started learning from him and we became great friends. And we've just been working together, you know, to build up this um, BBD movement, you know. And it's, it's basically about um, the original style of burning, mm. you know, where uh, it's more of an emphasis on the outlaw rock and the burning aspect of the dance. Okay. Uh, you know, it's interesting, actually, that you mentioned that. I was just watching a couple cats on uh, Instagram um yesterday or the day before and i and I, I okay so in my old age i'm i'm learning how to be open-minded and not necessarily hate on stuff so much but i was just looking at <laughs> yeah you're right i mean but you know like mature i guess you know mature i guess would be a better word um right, right. but i've just been noticing like a lot of cats get really carried away with the freestyle and freestyling is the freestyle aspect of rocking is dope but in my opinion, man, I was always I always showed up for the burn. I like the conflict. So that's I think that's dope that you brought that up, man, to kind of like focus on the original outlaw style and the burns involved in that, man. That's dope. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's a matter of taste, really. Mm. You know, it, it really is a matter of taste. Um, you know, the you know, in the in the older days, the the outlaw guys, you know, they didn't do a whole lot of freestyling. You know? And, uh, you know, vice versa, the old school freestyle guy, I fuck with freestyle. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been working a lot with Papo Rojas and, uh, you know, doing a lot with him and learning a lot about the original freestyle rock, mm. which is which is also fascinating, but different than the BVD, you know, burn style. You know I what see. I mean? Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. And you're right. I mean, it is it is a matter of, uh, per, you know, preference. And um, I just, you know, and I'm going to use this to tie in like a little bit of both of our histories and stuff. We'll go back in, uh, in back in the 90s and stuff and talk about that. But, you know, like coming up under Dre and and stuff like and, you know, like we was I was always we were always steered into like a more aggressive direction. I feel like uh, when we were younger, you know, so um even before, like, I met y'all, like, in, what, oh, God, what year was that? Like, 98, maybe 99? It's been a long time. Yeah, right. right. Um, but, yeah, like, um, I, we, you know, I, I always was uh, enticed by the aggressive aspect of hip-hop. Like, I, when I was an MC, I really only, all I did was really cypher battle. Uh, graffiti, I never really did big, extravagant pieces. I was all about bombing, getting up quick. Uh, so, you know, like when I got into rocking, um, you know, I was always really, I never really had great stamina. I never really was an amazing freestyler. Um, I knew music and I knew like I was always good with my burns and my timing. That was one of the, the most fun aspects of rocking to me. But, um, right, 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 right. But dialing back, I man, mean, let's go ahead. What, what was yeah. you saying, brother? I was just going to say, you know, for me, you know, I come from a salsa background growing up mm. as well. You know what I mean? So, you know, that freestyle aspect is, you know, something I, I can definitely always identify with. You know what I mean? Right. But it's interesting because, you know, at this point, I'm learning from Papo. You know, I'm, I'm learning from both of them. And, you know, I want to learn the right way, the way they do it. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, I'm not really interested 
and mixing them too. I feel at that. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, because it's all, they're almost like two different dances, bro. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, if you look at it, I mean, and also like the time and the place, you know, like, um, there's a, there's a, you know, like, you have to be able to dance and enjoy the rhythm, um, you know, like after parties, clubs, um, you know, like that's, but all, you're not going to be in the middle of a club, like just throwing burns by yourself. You know, it's like kind of a, you got to learn how to Unless groove. You, right. The only person I ever seen dance with a girl and throw burns at the same time was Dre Live. <laughs> that's my dude. Shout out to my boy Dre Live, man. Dre Live, bro. And be looking we, natural we doing talk it. About, we we got to talk about him definitely. Yeah. So let's um let's let's scroll the timeline back a little bit, man. Let's go back to um, uh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, you were born in New York and moved to Ohio when you were real little. I, I don't know if I got that right. No, I was actually born in on the Eastern Shore. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was born in a small town on the Eastern Shore called Elkton, Maryland. Okay. And I grew up on the Eastern Shore. Um, Virginia, Delaware, you know, basically the Delmarva Peninsula, you know, that's mm. basically where I was, where I, you know, I, the first part of my childhood up until about 12 years old was over there. Yo. You there? I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, please. Go ahead, bro. Uh, well, after that, um, you know, we moved to Ohio uh, in 90, mm. And what happened was, long story short, my brother was part of a rap group. And uh, it was like a big group. They had like 15 members. And uh, they were called the Showcase MCs. And they were from here, Columbus. And uh, my brother was their DJ. And uh, basically, the other DJ in the group and one of the MCs were B-Boys. Mm. So um, I got to know them. And then, like, since I've always been into hip-hop, you know, that was, like, the first time I saw it, somebody do it live. And so, you know, I... I knew right away I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I just started hanging out with them and I just learned from them, you know. All and right. they, that was uh, Alon and DJ Manuel. Yo, shout out to both of them cats. Shout out to Alon and Manny Manuel, man. Some some real history right there, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, anybody who don't know, DJ Manuel went on to um, be, you know, DMC champion DJ. So, yeah. You know, one of the best, one of the best DJs out there, for sure. Man, yeah, and that okay. Not to um, just let me interject real quick. That's one of the um, the visions that I've had for this project as a whole. You know, like because I mean, I've been doing hip hop since the mid '90s, and I've had an opportunity to be blessed with meeting people like you, like Manny. I came up with world class, like, and not talent in a, like a derog, but world class like hip hop. From the, the time that I started, like cats that I've known my whole life are just, you know, have traveled the world and have impacted the culture in such a great way that when I when I um, when I took a backseat on dancing before I got my injury, 
uh, and I wasn't really dancing that much. I was, I was always trying to find a way to kind of stay in the culture. And I wasn't going to become an MC again. I wasn't about to put an album out in my mid thirties, but I was just like, I love hip hop so much. What can I do? And then one day it just clicked into me. I was like, I mean, I can share these stories with people I grew up with and came up with and learned from and who have gone on to affect change in the culture. So it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I mean, like, you know, man, he is, he's a world-class uh, world. He's a, a household name in DJ, but really man, brother, like worldwide, like y'all are a world-class name in B-boy. And so that I just been thinking off the top of my head of like, who can I contact who I feel like the public needs to, you know, we need to be sharing these stories with so that here we are, you know? Well, I remember you, man, when you first started and, you know, we used to call you Brown. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we still call you Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yum does too, man. Every Dre Live does too, man. Yeah, man. So, you know, that just shows you how far we go back. Yeah, man. 20, 20 years and some change, man, at this point. So. Yeah, man. So, like, basically, I started, uh, started practicing with them. You know, I, you know, we did what we could. I mean, it was, you know, late 90s. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we pretty much rose to the best crew in the city quick. Mm. Um, it wasn't a whole lot of crews. It was probably a handful. But, um, you know, it was, you know, late 90s. You know, hip hop was booming, you know. And uh, it was an awesome time, bro. It was awesome back then. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, and I mean, I remember coming to Columbus. For... Different, bro. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was way different back then. You know, it's way simpler. Mm hmm. Yeah. But, so. but still dope. But what still, in saying? my opinion. Oh, I was going to say, like, um, I remember the first time we came down to Columbus. I think it might have been uh, for Hip Hop Expo. Uh, that was probably in 99 yeah. for me. Um, uh-huh. And. Me and Yum, we just blew up. Like, man, we gotta, we gotta move down here. The hip hop is it was graffiti. There was, you know, it was like it was, it was too much. And so, like, y'all, yeah, you guys had a really rich scene in Columbus, man, in the late '90s, for real. So, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a hidden gem, man. It really is. I, I felt really blessed. I feel like it was God's plan for me to move here, you know, and just get connected with the people that I've been connected with. And uh, it's a hidden gem when it comes to hip hop. I mean, you know, a lot of great artists and all the elements came out of the city yeah and it's just great yeah but it's small you know it's small but it's tight-knit and uh so we so long story short you know we we started traveling and uh you know we started going to cleveland cincinnati um, akron and, you know that's where we met the community in ohio and um you know first people to really put us on was uh Hill style rockers word and uh, for those who don't know, Ilsa Rockers is uh, Dre, um, Dre Live and Forrest Gump and uh, their crew. And basically, you know, Forrest Gump, and I'm, I'm pretty sure um, you could verify this, this story. I mean, you've heard it, I'm sure. Um, Gump used to, he's from New York, and he used to visit his grandmother in, in Akron, Ohio. Uh, in the summertime, growing up, I don't know. Did did you hear that story too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dre, I, I've heard that story from Dre and Gump, and um, I remember uh, that's 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 how they connected, and then they kind of stayed in touch. And I mean, I, I'm I'm 
I want to sit down with Dre and get them like the for real, like front to back in one sitting story of the uh, the creation of Ill Style right. Rockers. But yeah, that's that's pretty right. much what I know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, basically, uh, we started hanging out with them, and you know, it's funny because at that time, you know, I was young, but probably 14, 15, 16, 17. And, you know, we were doing what was trendy at the time. Mm. You know, what we saw in the videos. I mean, we was trying to, we wanted to be at pre-sale session, you know, and, you know, that's how we, we dress. That's how we dance. I mean, it was just like, that was style back then. So we used to do that. And then, you know, Dre Live and Gump and them, they used to try to, teach us and put us on you know they would be like you know you should rock like this you know you should do this you know we was just kind of like we could we we kind of you know we thought it was kind of corny yep <laughs> it's us too it corny. <laughs> <laughs> like man they, they they're like stuck in the past that's how i felt yeah you know it's like you know it's it's it's, it's 99 you know what i mean it's 98 <laughs> So, um, so basically, you know, but I kept it in the back of my mind, you know, and I always had love and respect because they, you know, they didn't clown us, you know what I mean? They, they accepted us, you know, they were just happy that we were dancing. Yeah. You know what I mean, and they, they became like real father figures to us, you know, especially in the dance and the arts and stuff. So, um, when I started traveling, when we started traveling outside of Ohio, um, that's when, like, going to New York and stuff like that, that's when we started learning from other people and starting being more, like, getting an idea of um, breaking. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the tree, the foundation, like, all that stuff. And, you know, at that time, it's not like now where it's easy to learn the foundation. Everybody knows it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you had to go out and you had to, um, you know, travel. And, you know, you had to work hard and find, you know, it was, it was different. And, you know, we, we started doing that. And um, that's when I, you know, started, you know, learning rock from, you know, a different perspective. And you know, playing rock like Seven Gems and people like that. People that Dre Live and Forrest Gump learned from. And that's when I um, started getting an understanding of what rock was. You know what I mean? And so, like, probably I'd say from, like, 99 to 2005, around there. Mm. Yeah. So that's basically, in a nutshell, you know, my early days. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you, um. so, like, I remember, okay, so here's, from my perspective, how all this went down. I remember, like, and not, and I'm not saying this to say anything negative about anybody, but like I remember around it was like 2001 ish, maybe 2002, like around the same time that like you had clicked up with like Taekwon and and uh, Seth and and some other and you know like the pre Zulu, uh, the pre MZK, pre Squad. right, and so like I remember, man, and it used to make me so mad, <laughs> like y'all would come oh, up man. and just be like really getting at people like i remember like uh the fantasy in cleveland and like the agora like there was a batman just i remember like every time 
not and not enough to like motivate me to train harder because I'm lazy, but like there's not every time y'all will pull up, I'm like, man, they about to get in here and act a fool, man. They about to but, but that's because you guys were like about it. Y'all was training together, y'all was getting in the car, traveling, and like, you know, it was just like and I mean it became what it is now, but yeah, man, it was it was um it was on fire, man. Yeah, fire. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. And like wasn't about to let nothing stop you, you know? So Yeah, man, it was it was awesome. You know, we linked up with Ty and we we kind of created like a you know, Ohio's finest. And then we kind of went to like the Midwest finest, you know, and then eventually, you know, we got down with um MZK. Yeah. We um yeah, let's uh, you, if you don't mind, man. So let's talk a little bit about that that transitional period because I remember you guys was entering. Was you guys was it Street Symphony or did you guys have another? I can't remember. It was a Street Symphony where you guys was traveling with the Buckeyes jerseys, going everywhere and like catching wreck, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, definitely Street Symphony. All right, that was the that was like the Ohio you know, all all star squad, right? Because you had. Uh, you had uh, Busy Brooks from Cleveland. You had Y'all from Columbus. Taekwondo is from Dayton. Um, yeah, man, y'all was a uh, kind of all area crew. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. And uh, you know, before you know, before we linked up like that, you know, we was like just in Columbus. We did our Columbus thing, and then you know, we got word of these B boys from from Dayton. And so um, Dayton is like an hour south of Columbus. So we found out they ended up being this crew called 4UE, yeah. Four Universal Elements. And it was a whole hip hop squad, bro. I mean, and they were official. They were all official. They were all young. And it's just like, they just really came out of nowhere. So they're making noise. So, you know, we had to go down there and, you know, we had to put it on them. You know what I mean? And we had to make sure that, you know, that we was the illest. Right. You know, period. And that was our first, you know, that was my first, you know, interaction with Taipan, Squirt, Flex, and all those guys from Dayton who eventually, you know, linked up with us. Mm. You know, which is, which really was, it was awesome. It was an awesome time. You know, it was memories, you know what I mean? And, you know, the bond that, that we created, you know what I mean? It's just, it lasts to this day, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so then y'all, I mean, you guys were kind of on like a I remember, okay, so this is these I'm as we're talking about this time period, things are starting to stick out in my head. I remember um yeah. I think it was Scribble Jam two thousand and one, I wanna say. Uh, is that uh, that's the one where um no, it was two thousand two, because two thousand one was the one where Kareem and Omar battled in the lobby. But 2002, I remember, like, I think y'all had gotten into it with motion disorders or somebody in 2001, and it didn't go very well. Um, but then 2002, like, I remember it was the park jam after the event, and it was you, and I think it was Carlos, and um, somebody else, and y'all was just going hella rounds with, like, Alex and a couple of cats from motion disorders. And I remember being like, that was the first, because you remember, like, the Midwest used to come and pick on us at Cerebral Jam, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They used to wash us. Yeah. Every year, like 98, 99, like <laughs> just come in, just come in your backyard and take your wallet. 
And then yeah, that was man. the first they time. They was heavy back then. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, they was heavy. You know, when they came to town, it was like, oh, shit. Oh, cause, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had crews like Phase 2 was there in 98. Like, um, of course, Motion Disorders. Was uh, was that Milwaukee's best to become Motion Disorders? Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, like TBA, Chicago Tribe. Like, they would just drive down oh, and, and smash us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real, bro. Shout out to all those crews, bro. Man, for real. Like, um... Not to get sidetracked, but I remember uh, Mikey Ice was interviewing, um, I forget the cat's name, but his dad was like one of the founders of uh, Motion Disorders. And, and we was, they were bringing up names and they was bringing up Scribble Jam. And I got hyped, bro, because like that's, that's part of my history, you know? Oh, man, it was phenomenal. It was, I remember the first time I went. I mean, that's like, I was so excited to go, bro. It was, I mean, that was, to me, I had a ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was it. Like, I went to Scribble Jam. You know what I mean? That was, like, my free soul session. Oh, and it was, it was dope, man. Like, they had the graffiti. Like, they had, excuse me, sorry, the, uh, the DJ battles were on point. The MC battles. Like, all the cats from, like, um, you know, like, Idea, Slug, Eminem battled there in 98. Like. Legendary MC battles. For real. DJ battles. Yeah. Like, all hip-hop festivals. Yeah. Yeah. So if y'all don't know, man, uh, go do some research on the Scribble Jam, man. I'm hoping to eventually get a chance to sit down with Dibs and talk about that too. But I was go- what I was saying was um, that was the first time I remember seeing somebody from my backyard like trading punches with cats I consider to be, you know, like established b boys. I was like, okay, these I seen these cats on a video before. They was on like Alpha Fame or something, and I'm like, my homeboys is is lightweight washing them. They lightweight scrubbing them out right now in the park. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, let's talk about how that parlayed into this, uh, the MZK thing, man. Um, that time period, if you don't mind. Well, I don't know why or how, but I, I think it was a lot had to do with Dre and, and Gump. Um, we really stuck out in that time, like when it came to footwork and foundation and mm. flavor. And, uh, you know, we, we may not have had, you know, all of the power moves that like Chicago and, and Milwaukee had, but we were, we started dancing better than them. And, um, which was, it was rare at that time. And, um, you know, then we started linking up and then like, with people like Brooks, different things like that. And, you know, started bringing that, that element, you know, power moves and low ups and tricks and stuff. So, you know, we combined it all and then, you know, we started taking over. You know what I mean? I remember the, um, first battle that we did um, we went to uh, outside of Chicago a city called uh, Champagne we did the um, what's that jam called um, uh, do you remember the jam I'm having a brain fart <laughs> um, uh, it wasn't out for fame it wasn't mighty four it wasn't it was like a was it like one of the qualifiers, right? Uh no, nah, no. Nah. It was actually uh, those guys from Champagne that used to rock um and uh like Wayne. You remember Wayne? Wayneski? Yeah, I remember Wayneski. <laughs> yeah, they they were the ones that threw this jam every year. And uh it was like in a suburb outside of Chicago. And uh 
you know, I can't think of the name, but anyways, uh, Ness came out and uh, they had a whole list. They had like probably five, seven judges you know, from, from everywhere. You know, I remember, uh, I don't remember who it was, I think Jerome might have been there. Um, bunch of people, anyways. Ness did a workshop, and that was the first time I had uh, met Ness. I had heard about him a couple weeks before the jam, and uh, Taekwon told me about him, and he was like, "Yo, you don't know Ness?" I'm like, "Nah," and he showed me the blueprint, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's official." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, he's this guy's serious, and so, um, so we went over there, and we took his workshop. We kicked it with him. And uh, he just kind of took a liking to us. And uh, one, of he, one of the things he showed me in the workshop, when he used to teach his workshop back then, was uh, this little hook drill. And, you know, from that time, he taught me that drill from the hook. I feel like my whole style have, have redeveloped from that one foundational drill. Mm. And, you know, looking back, it's just it's really phenomenal. And I, I'm just really blessed that I, you know, came across paths with this with this guy you know what I mean and you know as far as my dancing goes and you know he really just blessed me with a lot of knowledge and my whole style really especially in footwork um, comes out of that that one hook drill that he taught me mm. yeah it's crazy yeah but um we ended up taking that that drill and we made a routine out of it that day. And we did it in the battle. And when that saw that, I mean, he just went crazy, bro. He, he just, you know, he said he voted for us every round of every battle. <laughs> and so we ended up winning. We we battled, uh, I think it was Ground Syndrome from Chicago. Okay. And uh, we we won the battle. And then um, Alieness comes up to us. He's like, yo, Street Symphony Zulu Kings in full effect. And so that was the first time that and we got down with um, Zulu Kings. Wow, just on the spot, like just, just like that. Dang, that bro, and uh, you know, but it's funny because at the time I was like, "What's the Zulu King?" <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of heard of like the Zulu Nation stuff, but I didn't know what it was. You know, I me, mean? I, I, I really wasn't familiar, and um, you know, I. Did, did some research and you know I found out what it was about and, th- and stuff and you know at that time the Zulu Kings was not like it is now it was more like Ness would just go around and just like just put whole crews down and it was basically just like like a badge of honor mm. you know it was like something that you know like someone like Ness wanted to honor you with that name so he'll give you guys a, you know permission or whatever to rep so but the thing was nobody really repped it nobody really took it serious unless Ness was there with them you know I think uh, one of the first crews that he put down when he started was uh, Ready to Rock mm. and I, they did one battle with that name and um you know, they Ness went on. You know, he went to California, he went to Texas, he went all over. And so, but when he put us down, we were the first crew that he put down in the Midwest. And it was just me, Beds, and Taekwon. Those were we were the only three at first. 
and uh, you know, um, we we started Taekwon really took ownership. You know, he took initiative and started organizing the crew, and uh, we uh, we started repping and entering battles, making shirts, and you know, started building. And that's when Ness just really, you know, he recognized what Taekwon was doing. He made him the vice president, and he basically kicked everybody else out. Mm. Everybody that he had put down, you know, since 2000, this was like 2005, you know, he basically, you know, clean clean slate. And uh, it was a like a list of us probably only about nine eight or nine of us and that was the core group of of uh of mzk and we started uh, repping one of the first battles we did actually the first battle we did as a unit after the clan the cleansing was uh evolution evolution two so um if you watch the first evolution we're on there as street symphony and then you watch the second evolution uh, we are uh, mm. So that was okay. Evolution's in Florida, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That was one of the major jams at the time. Yeah. That was Mech. You know. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to Mech, man. It was a good dude, real good dude. Um, but um, okay. So that was like, so it was initially you were saying it was like a. Uh, almost like a subtitle, like, you know, I'm so-and-so from such-and-such crew, and then, you know, you could be Mighty Zulu Kings or whatever was, like, something that Ness had bestowed upon people. Almost kind of like a Star Trout LaRock that uh, track, track does with people. I don't know if you're familiar with that, if you know anybody that, that's down with that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was like that. But then, like that. But then he decided, like, once Taekwondo, once y'all started, like, building the core, he was like, all right, we can solidify this, and that's when he kind of created the structure that you're talking about now. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what happened, man. And when we went to Evolution, you know, that was, I mean, that was pivotal for me. You know, that that was when I, you know, met, I met uh, Poe. Uh, I met uh, Phantom. I met Jules. Mm. Uh, I met uh, Machine. I met Casper. Um. You know, I met everybody right, um, right there at, at the Evolution 2. And it was crazy because, like, we battled together, you know. And I'm here, like, with Ness and, like, Poe and all these people. And it's just, like, you know, I, I, it was crazy, bro. It was crazy because at that time, you didn't really just enter with anybody. Right. You know, you pretty much just enter with your squad, you know. And, uh you know, we, we were squad, you know, but I didn't really know. I was just getting to know them. But, you know, because of Ness, you know, bringing like-minded people together, the energy that we had, you know, was just phenomenal. I mean, it was just like, we just, it was a spark. You know what I mean? It was just a spark of energy, bro. And it was a rawness and, you know, um, you know, just a, just a, how do you say it? Chemistry. Right. You know, we, we had a we had a unique chemistry and just like on some flavor, some some dancing and like some just some raw shit. You know what I mean? Right. And it was phenomenal. You know, it was phenomenal. And that's when you know, that that's when we, we jumped on the scene. Well, 
I was thinking about this right now when you was tell, uh, just telling a story about, um, you know, learning or getting your foundation and dancing better than cats, like certain cats. We was talking about the Midwest movement or whatever. And really around like, I want to say it's like, I don't know, about, about 2002 ish, 2001, 2002. There was a sh- like a paradigm shift in the community, the scene itself, where people who did dance, flavor, style, that's what, you know what I mean? Like when, when it's like, People were starting to allow that, not allow it, but kind of it's we're starting to take note of the, the technicality and the like just the just the uh, you know, like when somebody was really getting loose, you could I mean, dope power. I mean, I, I still respected it. But when you see somebody kind of really rocking a record and, and really just, you know, getting loose with the, you know, freestyle movement, it just was people were starting to see it. I, I'll tell you what happened, bro. I'll tell you exactly what happened after breaking died in the late 80s. Right mm. in the late eighties, the only people who really resurrected was Rocksteady, you know, and Rocksteady Crew pretty much resurrected, you know. I mean, I don't know if directly influenced, I don't know, but because of Storm and them, you know, they kind of like kept going with it, and when they came out to New York, you know, like the Zulu Nation anniversary and all that, you know, they was blazing, they was blazing everybody. So, uh, anyways, long story short, Rocksteady was basically, they, they were it in the 90s, you know, mid-90s on up. But what happened was uh, when Style Elements came out, they kind of took over. Right. You know? And, um, you know, they they came out with different style. Everybody was on Rocksteady style because that's what breaking was. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, when Style Elements came out, they made it cool to not have the Rock City style per se. No, yeah, you're right. You know? Yeah, it was like 96. That was like 96, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, when I started breaking in 97, first videos that I saw um, were uh, the Style Elements, uh, Strategic Monsters, and the Battle of the Year I think it was 96, 97 with the, uh, no, 96, 96. And then the very next year, by the year 97, Style Elements won. Right. Place, you know? So they was on top, you know? So at first it was just Rock City. Then, you know, Style Elements came along. They were younger. So they, they rose to the top. And then all of a sudden, everybody's wanting to be like them. True. You know? and all the younger guys looked like them and danced like them. And they changed the scene. They really did. They changed sleep. Even us, you know what I mean? And then after that, Rock Force came out and they was like killing it. You know, and so like Yeah, so basically uh whoever was on top at the time, you know, winning the, the biggest contest, which is basically, you know, pre session out of the year, um, that's that's what was the styles that were trending. You know, mm. everybody wanted to look like whoever was on top at the time. You know, it started with, as far as I can remember, you know, Style Elements really came in, changed it from Rocksteady. Um, was it Rock Force came through? You know, after that, I don't remember, you know. Um, but, you know, basically, the trends of the time depended on the, you know, the crews that were winning. And uh, that, that was, well, that was, I mean, you know, 99. 97, 96, you know, 
Yeah. That's that's what I can remember. So that was the like you said that was the um the shift that allowed it allowed like the style and and like kind of like dancing to become a little bit more um acceptable I guess would be the word. Right. Right. It wasn't it wasn't um so overlooked. You know, whereas like ready like Rocksteady always had they kept their style. You know, they never really changed with the trends. And Dre Live and Gump, they were also, you know, not into the trends. They always stood stood with their style. And that's why I love and respect them so much. You know, because as the trends change and things go full circle, they always remain the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's gotta give so much love and respect to to those guys. You know what I mean? Right. That's they're they they're pretty much who they are in the dance. Like yeah. that. Yeah. And that's you know I never switch up, never switch up. Right. Know? Yeah, and I think a lot of us like we were younger, you know. So I mean, I had to find myself as a man. So I was kind of finding myself in hip hop too. So I mean, I've yeah. I've gone through changes, you know. But like for somebody to come in the door and be like, "This is b boy to me. This is why I like. This is why I love. And this is what I'm gonna do." You got to respect that. You have to. And you gotta you gotta remember the time was different back then. You know what I mean? And you know. It was dope. You know, it was dope. The styles that were coming out were fresh. You know, it was innovative. You know, everything was being born and burst. You know, mm. and all of all of those crews contributed to what we have today, you know, in breaking. Yeah. You know, and that, that goes all the way up. Even even MZK, you know, when we came out and you know, we rose to the top, you know, because we brought something different to the table. You know what I'm saying? We we were we we were funky, and people weren't used to funky b boys. You know, and we, you know we had that lineage to the history, you know, which made us stood out. And also, you know, when we came out with the vest, yeah, you know, that was that was game changer. You know, we were on a different, you know, we were on a different vibe. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? definitely. And uh, a unity, like you were saying, like with um, that was the first time. I mean, I, I won't call it a quote unquote super crew because I feel like that's a different thing. But that was the first time cats from different areas could come together under like, right. uh, you know, under Ness and under like the the MZK, you know, um, and and work well together because you know, like you said, yeah. like minded individuals, you know. So right, right, exactly. And we and we didn't have a name at the time you know we we kind of i think one of the things that made it special was because it wasn't just you know it wasn't just big name people come together right group of us who by and large were unknown to the scene you know what i mean and we linked up with the with um, these other generals in the scene you know what i mean and together we just created a force that changed the game, and I feel like our, you know, our influences is still felt in the scene to this day. You know what I mean? When I watch Break and I see the changes that are in the scene now, like you said, the funkiness is acceptable now. You know what I mean? And it's not uncommon. And you know that's something that we brought to the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. And I, I think, too, like, um, you know, like we were just talking about the different kind of like eras or the different time frames, like everything 
every change that B-Boyan has gone through has contributed something that the, the next, like, like you say, we had the foundation in the beginning, you know, like in the rock steady style, it continued. Then you had your style elements was more character, creativity. Then you had rock force, which was some power, but a lot of like blow ups and like very dynamic stuff. Then you had like mm-hmm. even the abstract section of, you know, like the. Exactly. Like, and Florida. now. was that? Florida. Yeah. And the Florida. Yeah. yeah. Attitude, aggressive. You know what I mean? Like real. Um, and even like have a coral come and the Texas style. Florida, Florida made Florida made because before before you know it was rock steady, then California came out right. Right. But what Florida did was they made they made it cool to have the b boy style, and be young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be young, still be fresh and 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 dope. You know what I mean? They made it fresh. And they brought that to the to the scene, you know. I got to give you know they influenced us big time coming up. Oh, for sure, for sure, big time. Yeah, man, definitely. And now, like at the for example, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in <laughs> Cleveland, they had the uh, hip hop exhibit uh, open for the first time in in what was ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 99, and they brought out every single hip-hop pioneer and legend that you can imagine. They were all there. I mean, KRS-One. I mean, I just go through the names. As far as breaking, you know, like JoJo, um, Frosty, uh, Ken Swift. I mean, they had everybody there. Track 2. And, you know, Track 2 still talks to me to this day about um, about that, about that event. And, uh, Nigga Twins was there. I mean, it was everybody. And they had a battle, and Ken Swift was the host, and all Florida cats came through. I mean, Incredible Josh, I think he was one of the judges, Bebe, um, Legacy. And they, they just came up and just, they just sweeped up. They sweeped up the whole building, bro. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They sweeped us up. And, you know, they just had this raw battle. You know what I mean? They was doing burns and like real b-boy battle and they were mixing it with their fly footwork and their, their power moves and it was and it was dope. You know what I mean? It was like wow, they showed they showed us what, what it what it means to be a b-boy, you know, and how to reinvent yourself as as a young person. Yeah. You don't have to be like because I okay, I'll I'll use rock and as context. Um when like you know rocking kind of about oh five oh six when people started rocking it was rocking not saying it wasn't people rocking before that but when rocking competition started happening and and a dynasty was having her anniversary and stuff like that like I used to get I didn't get into arguments but I used to get really like standoff standoffish with people because I'm like I'm at that time I'm twenty five I'm twenty six I'm not gonna dance like I'm fifty and that's why I used to tell people back then I was like I respect the style I respect the vibe and but that's them. But this, to me, like, you're right, though. Florida was the first time you saw cats doing, like, classic B-boy tech. But it was like, I, I want to look like that, too. That's dope. It don't look right. next level. Right. It's like they took it. They didn't – they added them to it, They but they didn't change it so much that it was unrecognizable, and they still made it look appealing. Like, ooh, ooh. You know? Like, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. 
uh, Flipside Kings. They, they, shoot, they was huge. You know, they used to come to Scribble Jam and just and sweet niggas up. Yeah. You know? And I remember thinking, because I always loved footwork, you know, but I never seen a young, you know, a younger person, you know, with ill footwork like that. And it's just like, wow, that, that just smokes any power move to me because it's like so original. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I wanted to look like that. You know what I mean? I was always drawn to that. Yeah, it, I think it was. Um, I remember because I didn't go to one of them, and I went to the next one. I think two thousand and one was the year that um, that Flipside Kings came up, and it was only like three. It was like Rudy, Lego, Zeno, and Strive came up, and I think they won that. Like, yeah, yeah like, I, used to I used to have it recorded on VHS, but I don't know what happened to it. This is just that, just that little like that. Them four names. There was so much power just ammo packed into that little it was full crews and they came over like four dudes i think and then like either the year before that or the year after that strife came by himself uh with steph um yep beta candy um that's so funny because when you know i guess like they was dating at the time strive and and steph and you know we didn't we didn't know too much about them and so um i don't know i guess we had caught a rumor that uh that her boyfriend was K-Mel. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we was like, oh, snap. She's about to bring K-Mel through. You know what I mean? I'm not like, I'm thinking like, man, we're going to get roasted. You know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, I remember. I remember. Huge for us, bro. That was huge. Yeah. And it ended up being um this guy Strive, who was fresh. Bro. Oh, my this God. Was amazing. And, uh, you know, that was the first time I met, I met Strive. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Strive was one of the leaders, uh, founders of Flipside Kings. And he was dope. Just nasty, man. Like, I still to this day tell people, like, about, like you say, those hidden gems, those unsung here. I'm like, man, to have, to have the opportunity to see him in the flesh, um, I was like, I was blown away. Because, like you said, it was footwork flavor with some power. But it was so aggressive, and it just—they just, yeah, it was crazy. And the and the the other time was uh, Rudy Goblin had came through. I think it was—I want to say it was Pittsburgh. That was Pittsburgh, ninety-eight, ninety, ninety. Yeah, yeah, and he came through, and they were—they stopped on their way to—I uh, think it was Rocksteady Crew Anniversary. They were driving from Florida. Yeah, they stopped jam in Pittsburgh or whatever. And, um, man, just seeing him get down, bro, I was so inspired, bro. Like, his style was so fresh. He was nasty. And uh, one of the most memorable times for me, we was in the Cypher. We had gotten into a beef battle. I don't remember who. Maybe you can remember. I We got into a beef battle in the Cypher. And uh, Rudy Goblin was standing by us. And he saw us throw down. He was just like, yo. He was like, y'all, y'all mind if I, if I bring it with y'all? And I and we was like, oh hell yeah! <laughs> and he, jumped on, he jumped on our side, bro, and he started battling with us. And you know that was just like so inspiring, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, so inspiring. We had some dope, like we could dig in the history of that stuff because I remember that the time that Steph and them, uh, Steph and Tribe came up. That was in a that was in Cleveland. That was uh, I think it was at the Agora. It was um, yep. uh, Steph Strive, and I can't remember the chubby dude's name, but he had hella power. Uh, but he was also yeah. from Flipside Kings. And then yeah. th- that time you was talking about out in Pittsburgh, 
And then remember that time we had that huge ass battle. It was like um, uh, Mikey Styles, uh, Super Day, or not Super Day, but um, Cyclone, uh, Mikey Styles, mm -hmm. and a couple other cats from uh, Step Fiends at the time. And it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, man, see, man, like we've been getting it in for a minute, man. I'm sorry to get distracted, but that, yeah. We um yeah we're getting way distracted right now, but it's just crazy going back because I remember that Agora battle when uh what was it uh Strive came and yeah they had their like four man squad and we 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 had like twenty heads bro yeah <laughs> yeah it was, it was crazy bro because everybody wanted to battle with us <laughs> and it was like no limit you know and members you know they just kind of put the clock on let let us go at it and at the end they just they let all they lined all the the crews up with somebody let them go at it and then they just pick the winner right yeah pretty yep. much and it was just like a trophy i think it, even if i don't even know if it was a trophy was it even i don't even know if we got a prize if there was a prize i don't i know there definitely probably wasn't money but that the, and just think okay not to again like i said but think of how much you have to love b-boying to drive from florida to cleveland for no money. No fucking money, man. Like <laughs> that's nuts. That's like an 18, 20 hour drive. Like Yeah, bro. We about to get I don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't even think we got a trophy, bro. It was just a fact that we won and, and we went and we won. You know what I mean? Yep. But we just wanted to win. Like we didn't care. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's like for those of y'all listening, man, like to get down. I mean, I'm I'm really grateful for where B-Boying is right now, the opportunities that's presented to people to travel around the world and win money and be self-sufficient. But like, we used to have to go get it. You used to have to go get it on a whim. We yeah, we loved it, bro. We were just on fire. Yeah, man. Um, I'm trying to tie that back. We were talking about styles and influence and MZK. And um, I wanted to get to, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, about rocking, um, but Let's take a quick break because I usually break up the audio with some uh, independent artists like hip hop music and stuff like that. So let's cut the audio here and then uh, we'll start it back up and we'll we'll go into the next phase of that time. Awesome. Warriors. All right, bro. What's up, bro? Back yep. Like the line between love and hate and more than often lately I'm finding it hard to concentrate My focus feel like it's everywhere but where it needs to be And at times it's like my own reality's deceiving me I'm easily distracted I need to get my head together But it feels like I'm being torn apart at the seams And it's hard when you're chasing a dream It seems deferred But then again I can't sleep and that's when dreams occur, I'm on the verge of greatness So close I can taste it, probably the reason this rhyme's first line starts off my patience I'm late shift grinding, gotta get it till I got it If I tell you I'm the shit girl, I'm only being modest If I say I'm trying to get rich, I'm only being honest But I would never sell my soul to get it, that's a promise These new rap niggas a bunch of fucking prima donnas Can't be mad, cause it's all the television talking Cause mama bought him new Jordans and daddy forgot about him At least that's what she told him when he would ask about him Grew up in public house 
thousand, so the bottom was familiar. Post a boy for building strength off the shit that doesn't kill you. Word, I hear the pain of being hurt. So I'm turning broken language into a spoken word. From brookhaven to unshaven, playing the curb. Mistakes only become experience if you live and you learn. Everything good, bro? Yes, sir. All right, all right. So, uh, that man, I, I gotta say, I'm bugged out. That was a little bug out down memory lane, man. I just, um, yeah, that was dope, man. But uh, <laughs> it's cool, bro. Is it? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, it's nice to sit back and think about like all the experiences, man. Of, of like, because you know, everybody has their own experience that shaped the, you know, the perspective on this culture, man. And it's full of stuff like that for for most people, you know, like little just moments. Man, we have so many moments, bro. So many memories. I can't even remember them all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And it's just, you know, getting in the car, driving, going to so many places, meeting so many people throughout the years. I mean, since 97, you know, this has been my life. It's shaped me as a person, who I am. You know, it's it's 
It's my life, bro. It's 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 crazy, bro. It's yeah, it really is. I mean, and you know, um, I think it was Profo. I was I was talking to him uh uh last week or two weeks ago. I talked to him, and uh, we, he was putting in perspective. Like we were talking about just you know like not being old but getting older, and you know it's like this is not really something you know, that you quote unquote grow out of. This is your, you know, it's a culture. It's part of your life. Like you just said, it's who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I love this. I love hip hop so much. You know, it's given me so many opportunities. It's took, taken me to so many places and met so many people. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it or trade it for anything, man. Um, I would go even so far as to say that it's my purpose. Word. That's deep. That's real deep. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And you can read. I mean, it's 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 um it's a worldwide community that with the like you said, you know, if your purpose or your focus, you have the ability to reach a, a lot of people in whatever way, you know, you feel so inclined to do that, man. So that's that's actually that's a dope perspective. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, now we uh we we um we talked about the MZK, and I know like you know, like you said, you guys were you know you were everywhere, you were doing everything, and then um you started pulling, coming through like heavy on the rocking tip, man, like uh winning rocking battles and you know rocking against you know other great rockers from around the world, man. So uh, what uh what um kind of shifted your focus, man? Not not shifted your focus, but what kind of drew you to like learning more about the rock and and the history and the culture and stuff like that. Yeah, well, um, I always, you know, I always liked the rock ever since, uh, le- you know, learning from Dre and uh, Forrest. But I could never really get, I could never really master Dre's style because he's so unorthodox. Yeah. And, and like so raw that, you know, I could never really pick it up. I could only pick up pieces here and there, you know. And uh, it wasn't until I started going out to New York and, like, uh, meeting some of the other OGs that gave me a better perspective of some of the basics, you know, on some of the, you know, ideas about rock. And, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed, though, was that, like, a lot of people had different perspectives about it, you know. And so I kind of felt like, you know, I wanted to just come in contact with one OG, you know what I mean? to show me the ropes of rock. And um, that way, you know, somebody can't come to me and just be like, that's not rock. You know what mm. I mean? Yes. Yeah. What you're doing is not official. And I could be like, well, yeah, it is, because I learned it straight from so-and-so. You know? So yeah. um, I ended up moving to New York um, in around, I think it was around 2008. And... Uh, I, I lived out there for a while, about a about a year. And, uh, you know, of course, I was already down with MZK, started building with Phantom. I mean, Phantom was definitely instrumental in the fact that doing routines with him, you know, really, mm. really taught me a lot about, you know, just the basic steps, you know, and the basic feel and energy of the rock, you know. And, uh, just doing routines with him and stuff like that. And then um, on my own going out and researching. And I ended up living, we ended up living in Brooklyn um, in Bushwick. I got an apartment um, in Bushwick. And one of the guys that lived in, he lived a couple blocks away from me, was uh, Charlie Upright. Okay. And uh, we became good friends, you know, just because he lived in the, in the, in the neighborhood. 
and he can't come to my house. Who's kicking everything? And this and that, and that's when I started picking up Bushwick's style, you know. And um, Charlie Uprock from the Incredible Rockers, Rockers style, he really was the first one to put me on as far as, um, you know, show me the ropes about about the Bushwick style rock. Okay. And you know, but before that, even just coming to New York and visiting, of course, some of the first places you're gonna go is like McCarran Park or like, you know, the 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 gym, the practice where they, you know, they practice, you know, King Up Rock and those guys break easy. And they, they've always been out there teaching since the nineties. You know what I mean? So, you know, one of the first places that we came just to check out and, you know, meet people was like McCain Park and all that. So yeah. yeah, you know, but I wouldn't say that they really, they didn't really like take me under their wing. I didn't spend like, I basically had a couple conversations with them. You know, they, they told me a couple things, showed me a couple things, and that was pretty much it. And one of the things, I'm going to just keep it real. I'm going to keep it real with you, bro, about since we're talking about it. Is that cool? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm all I'm all ears, brother. <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, King Uprock, right, you know, one of the things that I noticed about him is that, you know, when I was talking with him, every every conversation we had, you know, it ended up going to about being about, you know, how people don't give him respect and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was just kind of like, I wasn't really feeling that. You know what I mean? So I, I never really wanted to, like, learn from him under his wing like that. You mm. know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, the conversations that I had with him, they kind of, like, pushed me away, you know? And, um, and uh, you know, so, you know, basically I just, you know, I just rock with Phantom and, uh, and Ready Rock and uh, you know Charlie was teaching me, and then uh, he was he taught me the Bushwick style and all that, and you know it was difficult at first. I mean it was like it's really dope, you know. What I mean just to see him get down and see how clean he was. It's like how do you? I wanted to move just like him, you know what I mean? I wanted to move the the hands so clean. It took it probably took me a good two or three years just to move, learn some of his hand movements. You know, it's just like it was pretty crazy, bro. But um. But yeah, that was basically, um, you know, how I got better, you know, in with the rock. And from there, you know, I, I always learn from all the OGs. You know, I don't care, you know, if it's on video or, you know, we don't get along or whatever. I study all of them because I, I'm a student of dance. And that, that just goes without saying, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, you know, Ken Swift, he used to have a practice spot. Um, and he invited us. He wanted Ready Rock to come um, to his pri um, private practice spot, and he was like, they were showing us their routines, Seven Gems routines, and they wanted us to be a part of, um, you know, Seven Gems so we could do routines and shows and stuff. And we, I was like, yo, that was just like such a blessing for me because you know I always looked mm -hmm. up to Ken Swift, and uh, you know just to be you know be there because I even went up to him and was like, yo, what is this? You know what I mean? I was this is an open practice. We have to pay. What's going on? You know what I mean? Because I don't really know Kenny like that. But I guess, you know, he knew us through Phantom and stuff. And he'd been watching us. So so he invited us. And he's like, no, nah, this is just private. You know what I mean? This is just us. We want to build with y'all. You know, we, we want y'all to get down with us. So he was like, cool. We, we went to practice with them for a while. And, um, you know, after after a while, we kind of, we didn't have a fallout. Um, 
you know, I, I'm cool with Kenny. I've always been cool with him, even to this day. Um, but we decided not to go Seven Gems route because of Ness and out of respect for Ness and, you know, us representing MZK, a lot of us. So, you know, that, that was kind of what it was, you know. Mm. But we, we definitely, I definitely learned loads of, of things from, from Seven Gems. Like, I got to say that. And, you know, the whole Ready to Rock style. You know, I, I have to speak on that because a lot of people ask, you know, what is Ready Rock style and how do I learn Ready Rock style? I mean, for us, you know, we just tried to look like Seven Gems. You know, we were just an extension of them. You know, mm -hmm. Kenny, Nako, um, Clarky, uh, Burn, you know, and Spice. And just from them, uh, and even before Seven Gems, you know, Dre and Gump was always messing with Seven Gems. So we always had that connection with Seven Gems, even from the very beginning, you know. And so the Radio Rock style, really, it was us as younger guys, kind of like how, how Florida came through, and they made the old style look fresh and innovative in a new way. That's, that's kind of like what we did with Rock. We were young guys who danced like the older guys. You know, we, we learned exactly all the details and the nuances, you know, in the in the hand movements and the, the body groove, you know, and the bop and the hop and the flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. I mean, and that's that's I think, you know, like there's you know, like you have to have a respect for the style. You have to have a respect for like the people that came before. But also, like you say, you got to kind of cool it up a little bit. You got to make it, a, you know, like you got to be. You know, you got to give it that youthful energy. So, yeah, I feel you on that, man. So that's basically what we did. And that's that's why um, I think we got so much um, recognition, you know, in the rock game. Because we were some of the first um, younger guys who really danced like the old heads, you know. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was different at that time. Hmm. I mean, and, and, you know, like, I, and I, not to, to uh, debate philosophies or styles or camps or whatever, man, like, I just, I always really appreciate, because obviously, you know, coming up under um, Dre and Gump and Dre and Byrne having a good relationship through Gump and, and you know, like, Byrne's influence showing through Dre and, um, and then, like, for me, again, I, I really, I like the, not stiff, but like the rigid, concise, precise movement that a lot of Seven Gems rock. Uh, style uh, presented like Dynasty was a little more like it was a little too aloof for me in terms of like you know um, uh, Ralph and 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 stuff like that like they it was cool for you know the Dynasty style but I never it didn't draw me in because it was like I felt like it was a little too much just kind of you know it's real too re too relaxed would be the word for me like I like the like in my to me like burn um, Nako is probably my favorite all-time rocker. Like, I just, it's, even though he's an older dude, it's real sharp, real, like, bam, 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 bam. You know, like, I just yeah. always like that, man, so. And that's so, what yeah. I noticed about all of the older guys. You know, they're just so uh, sharp, so sharp, bro. And that's what made them different than us, you know. And, you know, we, we, we learned it, you know. We learned that, and we picked that up just being around them. You know, and that was a, that's a big difference too, just being around them. 
know, I'm picking up the energy and the, the vibe. And, uh, but I personally, I'm, I'm a student of all, all, the, all the styles and all the camps. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, no matter if I, if I get along with someone or not, or whatever, doesn't matter. I still respect the dance. You know what I mean? And, and one thing that I will say, though, is I do feel that the district style has been a little bit oversaturated. You know, it's been over, it's been like, it's been overplayed in some, in some degree. Um, I think, I think a lot of that has to do with like the fact, the fact that Ralph really, um, you know, he really put his name, he made a name for himself, you know, and he put Bushwick on the map like that with for, and, and, you know, like with good reason, you know what I mean? Great reason. Um, you know, he put Bushwick on the map, but because of that, a lot of other styles don't get as much shine. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that I really, you know, Bushwick was kind of like one of my foundations, but, you know, Seven Gems was really more of my taste, you know what I mean? Because it was different. It wasn't what everybody else was doing. You know, that, those two, you know, that, and then even with Papo Love, you know, meeting him and getting to know him and understanding a whole different aspect of the rock, you know, and it's just like layers upon layers upon layers. And I, what I love about the rock is that it's still underground, you know, and there's still, still so much journey left in it that, you know, that the possibilities are endless as far as creativity and, you know, taken to the next level i mean it's pretty much been untapped you know as you know compared to breaking yeah you know yeah I mean? it yeah for real man i i mean i i mean i feel that and I, it's um i think it's maybe because it's a little bit more intricate uh it's a little bit more dance oriented and there's um there's not really a super defined lane uh, that it's like it's still kind of underground. It's got room to grow, and and it needs like um, you know, like it needs uh the ability to you know like be presented to people in a way that's appealing, so people want to pick it up and explore it in the history and um uh, evolve it in their own ways more. I get some small pockets of rock uh, around the world, uh, more so than you know when we first started dancing and stuff. But you know, like it's still it's 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 still like hasn't really caught on like that because right, right, right. you know it's not real mainstream exactly exactly but um i wanted i'm gonna we're gonna kind of change gears on people real quick uh i i definitely wanted to have this conversation with you man and um I hope I don't weird too many people out with this particular segment but it's real big in bold letters on my list of things to talk about man um, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about God, man. I want to talk about faith and I want to talk about like, um, just spirituality in general, growing in spirituality. Um, we can dial, I could dive all the way. We can go all the way back to one of your, uh, first crews to, we could go back to bus one. You've been in the church, man, for a long time. But so let's, um, Let's dig into it, man. We, we got some time left, so let's let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, I don't I don't think it should weird anybody out. You know, I really don't. I mean, everybody has 
an idea in their head of uh, what God is to them. You know what I mean? And everybody has an idea of what spirituality is to them, you know? And, you know, just talking about um, that, I think it, it's healthy, it's good, it's uh, important, and, it, you know, it, it needs to be talked about more, you know? And it definitely needs to be talked about more. So, you know, definitely uh, happy that you, you bring it up. And, you know, I love I love talking about God. You know, I love talking about my faith, but I also love talking about other people's faith, you know, mm. spirituality, you know, just as much, you know, because it's important, you know, it's part of who, who we are as humanity, you know, and it's, it's a building block. And, you know, I think it, it gets overlooked a lot of times. A lot of people are, you know, don't know, maybe, you know, might be touchy subjects sometimes. And, and that's because, you know, people base their whole life around their perception of God. Mm. You know, in order to for it to challenge someone's idea or thought of who God is, is you know, it could be threatening. You know, their lifestyle. You know, yeah. But what we got to do is be able to respect other people's opinion and just have a level level playing field as far as searching and you know finding truth and talking about truth you know and being open to other people's perspective and experiences as well you know yeah i believe that as well i mean i think okay so my personal uh experience you know i grew up in the church you know my mom uh we went to a, i went to a baptist church when i was a kid uh when i was like a teenager i kind of um pulled a little dip move to kind of find myself or like journey through my spirituality. I, I studied different religions. I went to different practicing faiths and, you know, and, and um, all that, you know, read all types of literature and, and everything like that. Um, and I think, again, I think this is a, a maturity thing, not an age thing, but a maturity thing. It took me a long time um, to be able to, like you just said, accept everybody for who they are and where they are in their journey. You know what I mean? Like, I think we are all shooting for the truth and it manifests differently for different people at different right. times. And it's important to accept that, exactly. you know? Exactly. You're right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and um, again, like I said, at the beginning of this conversation, at the beginning of the whole interview, I feel a, a level of peace that I've been looking for for a long time with being able to accept people where they are and wow. being like, I don't know, like, cause I don't know. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not for me to say it's for me to just to continue to grow and to hopefully be able to assist other people in their growth, whatever that may be. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, cause you know, like you said, there it's, it's sensitive. It's um, there's a lot of trauma and a lot of pain uh, yeah. attached to certain people's experiences. Yeah. Yep. So, like, if I bum rush them with this, that, the third, and, you know, start waving this in their face, and, you know, it's like, they're just going to turn off. Like, nope, fuck that. I don't care. Um, and that could, set the, that could set their growth back, man. I used to, I used to feel like, you know, my, my newfound uh, experience had to be shouted from the rooftops. Like, everybody needs to know. Like, and then, right, I mean, right, 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 right. I think now more is more my, uh, my walk my actions because yeah i mean like the years that i wasn't really centered or wasn't right with god in my opinion 
it was it was some crazy years for me, man. Like I, I've I've got some some experience under my belt, and I gotta you know I gotta be honest about you know God um, in pulling me from that lifestyle and putting me in a place of peace where I can just really just worry about myself, man, and and offer whatever kind of assistance I can for anybody who who, who needs it if people come to me. You know, that's that's where I'm at in my faith today, man, really. Right, right, right. And at the end of the day, I mean, like you said, we're all looking for truth. You know what I mean? we all mm-hmm. looking for truth. And, you know, it's just about, like you said, being respectful and mature enough to, you know, understand that everybody's everybody's different. You know what I mean? Everybody's different. And not, not everybody's going to see it like you. you know? Yeah. But that, you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't share our experiences either. So, so yeah, man. Um, yeah. As far as for me, you know, I, I, man, I got to start back. You know, how much time we got? <laughs> um, I'd say we can take another. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, we could go longer if you want to. I usually try to keep it within the uh, two hour range because, um, you know, people's attention spans and I don't like to overload them. Um, but you know, it's up to you. If you got, if you got a lot more to share, man, dig in. Yeah, I'm, I'm I here. Try to, I try to, uh, you know, condense, you know, my, my story in the short version. Um, Word. gotta go back, gotta go back to, um, as far as spirituality goes, um, they gotta go back to my, my father, you know, he, uh, he was, my parents are both born and raised in the Bronx. Um, my, my father at a very young age was very, uh, you know, rebellious. He, he lived on the street, you know, at like age eight. And, you know, he just, he was a street kid. And, you know, when, when he was a teenager in, in the 60s, like the hippie movement and all that, um, you know, he, he was basically, you know, he got into drugs and all that stuff. So he ended up getting locked up. Um, he read a book in, in jail called The Cross and the Switchblade, which mm. is about... It's about a street gang and a preacher who saw the street gang on the news in, in, in Pennsylvania from the farm and went to the inner city, New York City, and preached to these kids. And um, he ended up, um, what's funny, what's crazy about that book is that the movie, they made a movie of it in the 70s. And uh, and um, the soundtrack is, it has a break on it that we break to. Mm-hmm. So it's really dope. It's really dope. And um, anyways, he, you know, he he said a prayer to God, and you know, he said, God, if you if you if you get me out of this jail in this situation, you know, I'll I'll serve you. And you know, the very next, you know, when when he had the when he had his trial, you know, the the judge told him, you know, I don't know why, but for some reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off. God answers his prayer when he was in jail. And that was like an experience that he had that kind of led him to walk with God. And, um, you know, from after that, he checked into a uh, rehab program. Mm. And um, he ended up getting a job uh, running a boy's orphanage in Maryland. And that's what he did. And that's why I was born in Maryland. My parents are from the Bronx, mm. so um, so he did that for a little while, and uh, 
you know, long story short, fast forward, uh, you know, I'm about 10 and, uh, you know, my, my dad ha- starts having relapses. So it's going back to the drugs and this and that. And uh, that was basically the reason why we ro- re- relocated to Ohio, get away from where we were at and try to keep my dad, you know, sober. And, uh, you know, growing up, you know, my, my parents were, you know, they had their experience with God, you know, when they were teenagers. And so, you know, I grew up in church hearing about God and um, everything like that. When my dad relapsed, that's when it got real, though. You know what I mean? That's when my faith was being tested. Mm. It was my faith for real or was it just something that I was raised in? You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, it comes to the point where, you know, you can't live off your other people's experiences, like your parents or whatever, you know. And so my, my faith was being tested at, at a young age, you know, and, you know, from that point on, 10 years, 10 years old, all the way up, you know, it's, it's been rough. You know, it's been living hell. I mean, you know, living with my dad, you know, just strung out and, you know, on drugs and this and that, in and out of jail. And, you know, through that whole time, I pretty much kept the faith, but, um, when he passed away, he eventually passed away in uh, 2004. And uh, that's when, you know, I really questioned. I questioned everything. I questioned my faith. You know, I had a lot of pain, like you said before. You know, I had a pain. And, you know, it really turned me to question God and spirituality and all of that. And I just, on top of that, I think I just kind of wanted to do my own thing. You know, I, I didn't want to, like, do the, the rules and the, you know regulations of, of of religion you know religion and I didn't want to do that I wanted to be me and just live life and so that's what I did um, you know I, I quit going to church I quit praying and uh, you know I, I got more into as I got down with MZK I started learning more about hip hop uh, through Zulu Nation and you know the lessons and all that type of thing you know, I, I was kind of like into that. You know, I was into more of the so sort of what I know now is a new age spirituality. You know, mm. that's kind of like filled that filled that. You know, that's that's what I, I believed at the time. You know, was the truth for me. And uh, you know, I kind of you know put God and Christianity away. And uh, you know, I I did my thing. I was. You know, I, I, I had my success as a dancer, was doing what I wanted to do in life. You know, I was traveling abroad, I was living in New York City, and I had a job, a career. And I just remember being depressed, bro. Mm. I remember being depressed one day, and I couldn't figure out why, because I had everything that I set out to get. You know, and when I, when I had everything, I realized I'm depressed. You know, it was like the opposite of what I was supposed to be feeling. Right. And, you know, I, you know, I really, you know, I, I really had an experience with God. And, um, you know, he, he pretty much, um, you know, spoke to me. Uh, he communicated with me. I'll say it that way. Um, that, uh, that he was real. You know, that, that he was real. That Jesus was God. And that, that he loved me. 
And, uh, you know, that, that pretty much broke my heart, bro. You know, and that, that, that experience that I had, um, changed my life. I mean, and, and it was like literally in a moment, in a moment's time, bro. Moment's time. I had, um, like, I had like a encounter with Jesus, you know, and it, it wasn't like I, I it wasn't like I, I didn't see him physically, I didn't hear him physically, but um, I just, you know, I just felt him, you know what I mean, and and I I I, I recognized him communicating to me, mm. and basically told me that. Um, everything that I've been looking for, I can find through him. And I felt such a joy and a peace, you know, that was so much more fulfilling and better than all of the alcohol that I was consuming, the, the, the drugs that I was taking, the lifestyle that I was living, just to try to be happy and, you know, feel good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I felt better and it was like an inner peace. It wasn't external, it was inner. It was, it, it was overwhelming. And it, you know, really broke me down. And from that point on, you know, I, I changed, bro. I changed. I knew God was real. I knew that He loved me. I knew He had a purpose for my life. And everything just made sense. And, um, you know, my my lifestyle didn't didn't change right away, you know. But my heart was changed, you know. And I my I had faith, you know. I knew that God was real. It was my evidence, you know, in my heart, and nobody could take that from me. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's like. It, I don't know. It's just like you said. It's like it, it, it's not something that you can. You know, like you didn't have to physically see it. Like it wasn't like a flash of lightning or a burning bush. It's just you get that something comes over you, man, and you get that. Like it's just like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like this is all right. Absolutely. And yeah, and you don't. Okay, so like using it, and like you say, your heart changes, and so like you continue to try to. And this happened to me too, similarly. Like I can, I had, uh, once you are awakened or like you understand something exists and, you know, like you understand that God is real and you had this, this knowledge and you, you know, it's, there's a difference between intellectually understanding something and like actually knowing something in your heart. And so you continue to try to go back to living that life that you was living or doing what you was doing. And it's not working. It don't work anymore. Like it didn't really work before, right. but it right. definitely don't work now. And so now you know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like it's plain, plain day, plain as day in your face. Like, okay, I know exactly why this isn't satisfying or fulfilling or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You That's got a, it. but it's for real. It's for real. Yeah. So, so basically, then you know, you know, I realized, like I said, you know, I found my purpose, and I realized, you know, like I said, it wasn't night and day. It's been a journey, you know, even up until present day. You know, I'm not perfect. I don't try to be perfect. You know what I mean? I just try to um, get to know who God is personally. You know, yes, intellectually, 
you know, I study and I learn and I do history and I, and mm. I read, but exper- experimentally, you know, experientially, you know, I pray, I meditate, I listen. And that's basically the foundation of my faith. It has nothing to do with, you know, rules per se. I get it. I get it. It's just it's just about, you know, me learning about him and getting to know him, you know, intellectually and experientially. Yeah. And I feel that the more I learn about him, the more naturally I become like him. Mm. It's like it's like uh me it's like me hanging out with Ken Swift, you know, and him rubbing off on me, you know, with the dancing and the, the styles and the flavor. You know, it's like similarly with God. I spend time with him. I meditate. I learn about him. I read. And it just transforms me and I begin to be. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I was using the analogy of how, you know, you hang out with someone like Ken Swift and, you know, still skills and experience rub off on you. And that's what it was like for me, you know, just getting to know God, you know, spending time with him in prayer, meditation, reading. And basically, it's just like getting to know love in the purest form. Mm. You know, and it transformed my life, you know, changed me, not because I have to, but just because I, I want to, you know, and... You know, that's, that's basically been my experience. Um, one of the main things that I got to say is that, you know, when I had this encounter and this experience with God, it really shaped my um, understanding of what my purpose is in life. Mm. You know, and I, I feel that very, um, it's very important that we know as people what our purpose is in life, because if we, do, if we don't, we are um gonna waste our life you know and right. that's the most precious and you know valuable thing that we could waste true you know? so um i basically you know I, I basically learn more about who i am what my purpose is and you know basically you know i feel that anybody who's really trying to find out what their purpose is look at um the gifts that God has given them, you know, and everybody is gifted in different ways. You know, um, not everybody has the same gift and thank God for that. You know what I mean? Thank God that we're all different, but everybody is important and everybody plays a role and everybody has gift. So, um, you know, how do you find your gift? Well, basically it comes from what you do naturally. You know, what, you, what you've been doing as a kid, you know, what was the first things that you love to do, you know, and for me, it's dancing, you know, ever since I was little, learning from, you know, mom, playing Southside in the crib, you know, and just when the, you know, hip hop, dancing, the new Jack swing and all that, I was, right. like, you know what I mean? It's just who I was and growing up into the hip hop, it shaped me as a person, you know, coming from my area 
you know, in my era. It's who I am. So, you know, I'm using that to show who God is, you know, and to pro- proclaim God's love through my life. You know what I mean? And that is the most important thing to me. And that's why I, I dance. You know, that's why I, um, you know, that's that's my inspiration, you know, for, um, you know, for everything I do, not just dance. But, um, you know, dancing has always been that thing that's like where my heart is at. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah be who I am and so I'm always going to use it to glorify God you know what I mean and show gratitude and love to others you know as well as God you know what I mean yeah definitely man that's I mean like you say you 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 manifest it like you you know you can identify your purpose from like what brings you joy and in terms of like what brings you joy is like you know you you taking advantage, not taking advantage, but using your, your gifts that God has given you. Like for those of us who can sing or dance or paint or teach, or there's a way for you to connect with the world. And I think that's really what it's all about. One thing I'm learning uh, for me, and then I'm going to have to wrap it up. Um, but it's like, I'm learning that, you know, like giving back is kind of, um, it's, it's fulfilling, man. It's like, all my experience up to this point has allowed me to um, to be able to give back. And when I give back, whether it's teaching somebody or building with somebody or growing, uh, I get a, I get a satisfaction from that that I didn't get from just winning a jam, winning some money. What can I get? What can I take? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, when I when I was dance, I was a dancer, whether I have faith in God or not. You know what I mean? I was always yeah. the answer because that's just who I am. But when I when I had experience with God, you know, and God by his grace granted me faith, you know, that's when my dancing had purpose. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what that's what gave me purpose in my dance. You know, because now it's not about me. And it's not just about me getting a name and being respected. It's about giving back to others. You know what I mean? And showing others the love um, that God that God is. Right. You know, and that is what the one thing that if God was to show, you know, who he is to anybody it would be that he loved them absolutely man god is love that's what that's that's period yeah and so you know me using my platform you know and my abilities to turn people to the lord and show off you know who god is and how great god is in my life and that he can do the same and be the same in anybody's life you know, that is the true message um, of God. You know, that is the true message of God, that there's another way, you know, that you don't have to live for yourself. You know what I mean? That you can that you can be connected to the source. Or, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, that's what we all need, bro. 
That's what we all need. Why do you think everybody wants to be, you know, part of uh, a foundational hip hop crew? You know, everybody wants to be down with the very beginning. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be connected to the source. You know, but the true source of life, love, of joy, fulfillment is in God. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. like, you, yeah, like that's the source. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's powerful, man. That's definitely <laughs> powerful. But, yeah, um, it's deep. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got to get it, man. We got to get there how we can. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, my, my name, Vicks Vapor, it came from Fuji. You know, he, he gave me that name and I don't know why, you know, but I didn't want to name, name myself. You know, I always felt like your boy's name. So, you know, that was kind of like the name pick for me. But as the years went on and I, and I, uh, you know, I came to faith in God, the vapor really stood out to me. There was a verse, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, you know, life is just a vapor. It's here one minute and it's gone the next. Mm. And it really put things in perspective. It's like, we are just here and we, we could pass any time, you know, and no man is promised tomorrow. You know, so it's so important to uh, get our priorities straight, you know what I mean? And figure out why we're here and what the purpose of life is. You know what I mean? And so um, so that that's the, the vapor part, and that's why I, I still push the vapor part to this day because, you know, that's important to me, you know, and that, that kind of, like, is my foundation, you know, of driving me everything I do. You know what I mean? For yeah, for sure, man. And like you say, it's um things that it's you know, like you get to look back along your journey and you get to see things that have happened or you've experienced or you learned and they take on like a new meaning when you um when you when your eyes are open to certain things, man. Like when you grow, you mature, you look back and you get a different understanding to certain things, man. And that's I think that's dope that you've you know, you kept the vapor and you you know, you've you've incorporated it into the foundation of where you are now in your life and it's still relevant that's i think that's really dope word, 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 word. but um unfortunately brother man i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to close it out man i gotta um you know i try i want to keep it within a certain time frame uh but everybody i speak to man i i hopefully will be able to do multiple interviews man i want to do some round tables i got a lot of stuff on the horizons for this project man and i'm i'm so grateful to have I mean, just knowing you as long as I had, have as long as I have in general, man. You've, you know, you've always been a good dude. You've been one of my oldest friends, like old, almost as old as like since I've known Yum. I met y'all like a couple years after I met Yum, man. So like you guys have all been a huge part of my life, man. So I'm grateful to be able to sit down and uh, share part of your story with people, brother. Yeah, man. Likewise, bro. You know, it's like, you know, it was a pleasure going down memory lane. You know, yeah, you know, man. Talking about all of our experiences, man, and just, you know, it's so, it's so nostalgic, you know what I mean? And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on here with you. And you know, I wish you the best. You know, you got a brother in me. And, um, you know, praise God. Thank God for the opportunity that we have. And, you know, even, even after this life, 
You know what I mean? We're going to be talking about it and reminiscing and being in the glory of God together. You know what I mean? I believe that. Oh, absolutely, man. Like I say, and um, it's comforting. It's comforting to know, to have that knowledge, man. Like I say, I tried for so long to get the intellectual knowledge to provide me with the security that my spiritual knowledge is affording me today, man. So, man, much, much, much love, much respect, man. And um, I'll be, I'll definitely be talking to you soon, man. God bless. All right, brother. God bless. Peace. Peace. Hey, babe. <laughs> How was your day? Really? That's dope. Oh, babe. I'm so proud of you. Look at my baby. Excelling. Being great. I've been waiting. She's still waiting for me. She don't care to leave It's okay with me Come on, take it easy That's why I love you Cause you got me You got me and I got us I think the HR lady at work wants to be friends Which is kind of weird But I'm kind of with it So we'll see Other than that, the name is true
in the summer air dust Somewhere up, somewhere Till the morning light, light on my, my, my 